issue. Yeah, but what about you're wrong? Because God tells you not even to lean on your own understanding. You're totally to trust God. No, you don't understand, though your senses are screaming. Maybe your situation is, is uh, just yelling at you that God and the Word is wrong, but you take the Word of God who cannot lie and say, God, you tell me your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. I'm going to trust you. And you will walk through the waters and you won't drown. And you will walk through the fire and you won't be burned. If you believe that, if you believe, I'm telling you, if you do, He is God. God, a supreme God, a mighty God, an exceeding God. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now unto him that is able, God, God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. If He needs to, if He wants to, if it's His plan, if He wants to break the laws of nature, we call it a miracle, He's able. He's able to do it exceedingly abundantly, and He calls you to walk in that by faith. To simply trust God. To live for God. To trust by faith. Because what happens is the enemy comes. He resists us. He screams in our ears. Problems come up. The bodies ache. And we stop trusting God. And therefore we stop walking. And therefore we stop doing something for God. The church is not doing a whole lot for God anymore. We're not. Matthew Henry says, There is an inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy in God which the prayers of all the saints can never draw dry. Never, never draw dry. There's kind of a cool buzz going on with Wednesday's prayer time. Finally, there's a cool buzz and a stirring that's going on. And to think, it will never run dry. It doesn't have to run dry. It's inexhaustible, God says. His faithfulness to you. Whatever we may ask or think. God says, I am able to do abundantly above more than you can even do that. We are living in a dispensation in a time where the supernatural power of God has to break forth like never before. Because the clouds and the darkness and the evilness is so thick, probably thicker and richer than any time ever in the, uh, in the span that I have been saved. And God is just looking for people by faith that will trust Him to break through that, to just break all through that and forget all the nonsense that's going on in church and just people that will pray. Because he's a faithful God to answer. Are you there? I have found God faithful to me. In all kind of situations I've blundered into unexpectedly. All kind of situations I've made a left when I should have made a right. In situations I didn't do a thing wrong. I have found him faithful. Faithful. And what I've been telling God lately is, God, I want to finish well. I want to finish strong. I don't want to stagger to the finish line like some, some old beat up Christian. I want to finish well, God. I don't want to be wore out, uh, as far as trusting you and believing you, God. It's alright if the body does what it does because of the curse of, but I want to finish strong. I want to finish well for you, God. And the reason why I keep saying that is not because I don't trust God. It's because I'm not trusting me. It's me. 
Philippians 1, 6 says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I'm believing in that scripture for me. I am. I'm taking this scripture and saying, Okay, God, my body's getting older. Joints don't work like it should. But God, I am believing. I'm believing that you're going to make me profitable. I'm still going to be bringing in a harvest for you even in my old age, God. You know, because a pastor spends... Man, I don't know, maybe half of his life going and visiting the sick and the dying and the nursing homes. Man, it is just clogged up in me. My poor aunt's still there. It'll be two years and a couple of weeks. And I weave my way through all those poor souls. I say hi to them. To whatever you can do. But it's like, oh my gosh, God. And it's just been eating at me like the enemy saying, yes, what your end is. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to believe God. I'm just simply going to be confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work. I didn't begin this work. I didn't sit down one day almost 40 years ago and say, you know, I ain't going to give God a try. I didn't do that. I wasn't looking, even looking for God. Ruth was being stirred and looking. I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, God has begun this. He's begun this good work in me. I can't take any credit at all for this. None whatsoever. I know it. I know it. And so God says he will perform, which means complete, and it means finish it until the day of Jesus Christ, whether he comes personally in my life and I'm gone or whether he comes for all of us. And so I, can, I am putting faith in that. Not in my age, not in my wisdom, not in my intellect, not in my Bible knowledge, not in my... I'm putting it in God. Just simply God. Yes, thank you, Lord, for that. Hebrews 12, 2 tells me this also. Looking unto Jesus, the author and of my faith. God is God's start. He's the author. He wrote the book. And I'm just reading it. Cool, okay, I'll do this. I won't do that anymore. And when I get to the end, it'll be the end. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And God is telling us through that song, through the worship that we had, and even through this message, no matter where you're at, He'll be faithful to you. It's amazing to me how God is faithful to us who turn our backs on Him a lot. And He still is faithful. It drives me. It's just unbelievable that He's like this. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound. All grace, all grace abound toward you, that you always having sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. You have some bumps in the road. That doesn't mean you got to quit teaching, quit bowing out of junior church. We need so many helpers. It's a shame on us. It is. I don't know what's the matter with us. Everybody's bailing. Why is it? You hit a little bump. So what? Bumps are part of this walk. And God says, I'll give you all grace. All grace will abound to you because you're working for me. Don't look for God to always take the speed bumps away. He's not going to do that. He's going to give you the grace for you to go, i going to get my act together. i got them kids to teach. That's what he's going to do. It's what God does. What problems are you facing? What Goliath is screaming in your ears? Do you know that he is God this morning? He's your God. Do you know that He is able? Do you know that He's supreme God? He's real. He's alive. He should be a personal Savior to you. God is a faithful God. Psalms 18.2 says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will 
call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. That's what God says to you. You have enemies. And they push you around and buffet you around. And if you don't do anything, that's what they're going to do. Until you start calling upon this faithful God. When the people of God have faith enough to pray, God moves mountains. In fact, He melts them. Split seas of trouble and problems. When God's people say, my gosh, this God I'm serving is unbelievable. He's been faithful to me. God will take care of all your enemies. The one song, I can't remember what it is, and even the words, but it was talking about the grave. And I was like, yes, God has given me victory over. Well, what do I do at this age without victory over the grave? I never thought about this stuff till you get older. It just must be the way it is. I often wonder about my, my father. Geez, Dad, what did you think of this stuff? Too bad we never talked about. But it just, I guess it's a part of life. When I moved here, I was Jason's age, wherever he is. 34, 5. I never think of that stuff. Now it's like, oh my gosh. Well, I was just thinking of that song. I was like, oh my gosh. What if there was no Christ? What if this song never existed? What if just left for me in life? Now's the grave. Oh, how wretched, right? But we know all that's not true. God says, I, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Hell is my enemy. You understand? Hell is real. The Bible talks about even moves under us, enlarging its mouth to take in more. It's real. And God says, I'll save you from that if you have faith in me. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And the answer is, why? Why will I be saved? I shouldn't be. Because he's faithful. Because he's faithful. He is. A lot of times I look at my wife. I think she's in nursery now. I know you won't tell her this. I look and I think, man, why do you love me? Because sometimes we're just not very lovable. We're just not. But God loves us when we are at our absolute worst. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. What? What, God? If we believeth not, yet he abideth faithful. And I've had a lot of friends give up on me. They just do. But God says, I abideth faithful, even if I don't believe. I'll take your silence as approval or agreement or ouch or shame or something. But it's true. I think we all, let's just be real. It's, we all struggle sometimes with the promises and the word of God and the things that we see. And even if I'm not, uh, even if I don't believe, God says he still is faithful to me. He's faithful to me. It's amazing. He keeps covenants in his mercy. Bible tells us mercy was renewed every morning. So somewhere am I stumbling around this morning, God's mercy was being renewed in my life. I don't even think I acknowledged that this morning. You know, got to do this, got to do that. Okay, remember that song? Okay, you got your words. Okay, see you later, babe. Ruth always tells you, preach good. So today I said, sing good. We did. And through that, you know, you just, but God's just pouring in his mercy. It's removed, re- renewed every morning, the mercies of God. The mercies, the kindness, the gentleness of God. Psalms 105.8 says this, He hath remembered His covenant forever, the word which He commanded to a thousand generations. You know, when I'm dead and gone, and my son's dead and gone, and their children, my children, and their children's are dead and gone, and then their children are dead, this is still faithful to them. Do you understand what you could start this morning? But you could start passing down, and they pass down. 
I mean, I do. I can look back in the rearview mirror and I can see myself. Right now, it's just like right now it's in Jason because he has the two little ones. I mean, I had a 12 and an 8 and a 7 and a 5 when I moved here at his age. And I could just see it's being passed down. It's God is faithful. I can go to my grave knowing generations beyond me if they stay true to the Word of God. It's all there for them. Man, what a legacy, what a promise, what a blessing that is. Covenant means a contract. God makes a contract. Again, we, we have a difficult time relating to that because people break contracts all the time. Whereas marriage vows or the sports contracts or all these various things for umpteen million, you're like, what? And he's not playing because he doesn't have enough money. And how can he? He's signed for three years. It doesn't matter. But God says, I keep contracts and my promise and my agreement. I have an agreement with you. I have decided to love you all my life. What? 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 I have. Even though I'm an idiot, I have decided to love you all my life. I have nothing for you. I've chosen you not because you're the smartest or the biggest or the wisest, because you're the fewest, dumbest, and loveliest. Thanks, God. I don't take that as a slam. I'm glad I'm loved by God. I'm glad I'm loved to a part where I don't have to perform for God. You understand, because my performance level, especially in the physical realm, is dwindling. Genesis 9, 16, and you, God reminds you of this every spring, sometimes later, sometimes even in the winter. A bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. That rainbow. That's God saying he's reminding the world, the entire world. See, if you look in Genesis, I told you this would be a rainbow for you to see. I will never destroy the world by water again. And you still see it today. The song that Ruth sang. Even when my heart looked away, the days that I have spent so foolishly. Man, now who can't say amen to that? If you, if you can't, then you need to run to the altar. Who can't? That's in us foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child and the rod doth drive it from him. You understand? You understand that? That's a twofold. You're raising them little kids. You expect them just to behave. God has told you what to do. This rod will drive. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of your child. That's why you try to cover up the electric outlets because you don't want them sticking a fork in there. And, well, you're dumb. Why are you going to? Because he's foolish. It's bound up in him. This drives it out. Same thing in us. Just a bigger child. Foolishness gets bound up in us and the Word of God drives it from us. Oh my gosh, it's right. Look at this. When my heart looked away, the days that I spent so selfishly where you consume your energy, your strength, your talents, your giftings, your money, monies on yourself. The, the greatest way to end this, as far as I was concerned, looking into the Word of God, is the prodigal. The prodigal knew. The prodigal lived under the blessing of his father. He had everything that the father had any time he wanted it. And he goes to his father and demands everything now. I want it now. You remember the story in Luke 15, 12? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. You know, a lot of times I would say, I wonder why the dad did that. But if he's a type of our heavenly father, the heavenly father has given Bruce a free, he's a free moral agent and he can choose. 
He could choose right now and close that Bible, get up and say, I'm done, and walk out the door. He can choose to do that. And that's what his son did. He chose, I'm done. I'm done living under your roof. I'm out of here. And he left. Just left. Can't imagine the father's heart, how it had to break his heart to see his son go and leave and take the wrong path. It says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance and riotous living. Wasted all that God has given him, all the substance of the word, of the mercy that's renewed every morning, of the abundance of grace that God says. He wasted it on wild living, giftings, and talents. Do you ever see the pictures on Facebook of a, of a normal person, and then they'll, they'll go like six months of using, is it meth? Six months, look at that picture. A year, look at that picture. You're going, oh my gosh, it's like a freak show. It's horrible. Wasted the substance that God has given when their heart turns away. The days that I spent so foolishly, Lord, thinking that hobbies were going to, you know, make you happy or even investments make you happy. and They don't. It says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. People are in want today. People are hurting. And he went and joined himself to a city of that country and sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would, have, and he would fain, which means with joy, have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, but no man gave him anything. Isn't it amazing? I did a message wrapped around that verse. And I titled the message, Eating with the Pigs. That's where we end up without God. And there he was in his father's house. To me, that's a type of someone who knew about salvation, someone who walked in salvation and the grace of God. And there he is now. He, he joined himself with someone in a far country, which means has nothing to do with God, nothing. There's no reason for God to be faithful anymore. He broke his faithfulness. Spiritually, he's even... He's become a harlot. He's out whoring on God because God wants us to be presented to him as a chaste virgin, a, a bride in a white gown, unspotted by the filth of the world. And there he goes. And now he's sitting somewhere eating with the pigs. It's amazing what happens to us, how far we can fall. Another verse of this song that Ruth's going to sing again and bless us with, and when she does, I hope you run to the altar. And just thank God for His faithfulness. Another part of the song says, Every time I come back to Him, He's waiting with open arms. Open arms. Is that, does that go beyond you like it does me? Open arms. Because it says, And He arose and He came to His Father. He was sitting here eating pigs. What am I doing? I'm going to go back to my Father's house. And as He got somewhat close to Father Psalm, and what happened? A great way off. The Father's running to Him. Running to Him. With open arms, my son who was once dead, my son who was once lost. Man, we have a faithful God. Listen to me this morning. What I thought was impossible, I've seen my God do. I have. I've seen him do. You're sitting in impossible situations. Ruth sings, you come to the altar. And if all you can do is cry, then cry. If you can't mutter a word, then don't mutter a word. Just know that God will be faithful to you. I stand this morning on the authority of the Word of God, and I tell you this morning that God is faithful. 
He's faithful. Faithful to you. Let's all stand. Listen to these words or just run to the altar one or the other. Trust Him this morning. Trust. Lay it all on this altar.